After starting off 4-0, the Florida State Seminoles have now dropped two in a row after the catastrophic collapse over in Raleigh against the N-State Wolfpack, dropping the game 17-19. And today, as a family, we're coming together in lock-on Seminoles fashion to support you and hopefully get through this time trying time and also to look forward to the game ahead on today's edition of Locked on Seminoles. Let's ride. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Seminoles. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Drake here, and today I'm joined by Mr. David Wise. Davey, first off, love the hair, looking good, but more importantly, how are you holding up, my guy? Drake, I'm, uh, I'm finding other things to do to keep myself busy, but we're here for you. Uh, everyone, we started here as a support group for those suffering from Florida State fandom. You're suffering. We're suffering. We all need this right now. We all do. And folks, please, we want to thank each and every single one of you for all the love and support you've given us over this time. And as always, please don't forget five-star reviews in our podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or your podcast from for the YouTube. Like the video, hit the subscribe button, tippy tippy top, and ding little bell so you know when new content drops. But Dave, unfortunately, there was a game played Saturday. I say unfortunately because it was a tale of two halves. First half, we look... Wow, we are much more the superior team between ourselves and the Ant-State Wolfpack. Second half, I can only describe as basically the half of horrors, and it's kind of fitting how it is also in October and also 10 years removed from when uh, Jimbo Fisher in 2012 with Mike Glennon, who you kept saying his damn name, how <laughs> oh, we couldn't score another off. We didn't score another point at all in the second half. So, Dave, I'm going to hand this off to you since basically you're more of the uh, – I think you have a little more to get off your chest right now, but please – Take the folks, take the folks I know on the journey and start this little kind of vent session to sort of uh whatever you want to call it. Yeah, guys, uh, we try to stay positive around here, and I can't do that right now. I'm gonna shoot you straight. There were any number of things that went wrong in this game that led to us losing. Any of them individually probably led to us losing, but together they certainly did. Um, you could start any number of places. Uh Jordan Travis played as bad of a second half of football as I've ever seen him play in a Florida state uniform. I I didn't even recognize who I was watching play quarterback. He looked timid. He looked uncomfortable. Even when the pocket was fine, Um, his throws just looked off and second half just wasn't running the ball. They kept showing that graphic six carries, hundred yards that persisted most of the game. Uh, It was all in the first half basically. So that was bad receivers didn't really help him out much. Too many critical drops, especially on third down. We talked about situational football coming into this game as something we needed to see improved. And on offense, just wasn't there. Um, that that directly impacted us losing. Special teams, same thing, man. Um, I've never in my lifetime seen a punter punt the ball beyond the line of scrimmage. I didn't even know what the rule was. I, d- I didn't know they get the ball at that spot it's funny you say that because i saw it legitimately happen earlier this year when i was when i took memphis against south carolina state and south carolina state punter legitimately did that but it was like seven or eight yards in front of the line so i was like i know the rule this is not going to end well 
Yeah. So, I mean, that, that was just obviously terrible, but that didn't end up, that didn't end up mattering much because the defense bowed up. Yes. It got them three points. Who's to say they wouldn't have anyways. Um, we knocked Devin Leary out of the game and they, they brought in a guy that literally could not throw the football and wouldn't throw the football and they wouldn't let him. And, and we knew that too. We knew it. And they still were able to get some first downs, I'm not pinning this on the defense. We'll get to that at the end of the show, but um, some, some, to the icing on the cake for me was just some of the most bizarre coaching decisions I've seen at Florida state in a while. Like I don't think Mike Norvell doesn't know what he's doing. I think in a lot of ways, Willie Taggart was in over his head. I don't know if that Mike Norvell is, but what I do know is there were some just bizarre choices. Like for example, deciding the whole second half that you were going to play clock um, up two scores on a team that's supposed to be better than you. And they haven't been able, I, I, I don't know. I, I just, it, there's no kill switch. There was no urgency. The coaches seemed resigned to running the ball on first and second down in the second half into stacked boxes when they're daring a team that has thrown the ball this well, as we have with Jordan Travis all year to throw and we wouldn't do it. It just makes me wonder if there was something off that we don't know about. Uh, because Jordan Travis's body language was absolutely terrible now for the second game in a row. Um, Mike Norvell just, I don't, I don't know if there were trust issues or if it really just was that he thought 14 points was a big enough lead and, and that was it. But yeah, just so many catastrophic blunders all had to come together for us to lose a game that truly we should not have been able to lose. And I think basically folks today, like, you know, Dave, you know, thank you for that. I know a lot of people right now listening are kind of, you know, exhaling, you know, like you're right. You know, they're agreeing with you. I think we need to look at this kind of, you know, by sections, right? We talk about, I think what you said importantly at the beginning was situational football was lacking, right? And I want to point specifically for first towards the wide receiver play. Yeah. And the wide receiver play, I counted, I think when I did a rewatch, it was like about six drops. And I want to say four of them were to move the sticks. I think twice, you know, Johnny Wilson refuses to catch with the ball in front of him with his hands. If it's a jump ball, he'll catch nine times out of ten. Yep. But whenever it's a ball like toward in front of him, he always likes to resign toward his body. He's done that twice. He needs to fix that. Then you have the Atero Wilson drop where mm. it was right there for you in your hands. Or even there's another one that wasn't even a third down play, but it would probably would have it would have at least had a more mantle punt. Yep. And then you have the Marcus and Douglas one, which I don't blame him for which, that. Yeah, I mean it's. It's you don't one of those where, him to catch that. That was a I, tough catch. I, I, it was a tough catch, but it's also one of those where it's a hard catch, but you would like to see one of your tight ends if you dealt a play up for him and he's in the right spot to be able to catch that ball. Now, yeah. granted, you had Drake Thomas basically was also covering too as well. His hand got in there, and yeah. Drake Thomas texted you last night that I would kill for these linebackers because <laughs> they're immense, they're insane. But the situational football and execution overall when it came to the wide receiver play did not do Jordan any favors. He finished his stat line. I have it over here. Sorry, folks, I'm looking to my other screen. He had who was 15 of 30 for 181. To me, you look more to 15 and 24 with those six drops. So that's still a 63% completion percentage. That was the first half, though. The yeah. second half, we started off with 298 yards of offense in the first half. We had 28 until the final drive of the game. And that to me goes to more situational football. And you've already addressed it. It is the play calling. And like you were saying before, it felt like Mike was playing scared or Mike was playing not to lose, especially being that 
We were super hyped. We're up 17 to three. We're over in Raleigh. They're a top 15 team. Fitzgerald finally made a big kick. That was a huge kick for him, by the way, too. Like, good for him, good for the kid. But then you're calling this kind of game, this game plan. And now, if you like, to, so to me overall, it felt that for a majority of that game, they were comfortable enough, like you were saying, with the 14 point lead. But then you also have to look over at Jordan, and there are some plays where Matt Jordan, like you look at the running plays, I feel that some of those were designed for him to keep. Now, he did finish with six, it was for seven carries for 108 yards. You remove the 171 yard run, he averaged six yards a carry, which is also, it's still pretty good. But like you were saying, for the most of the time, for most, for most of the game, that was entirely in the first half. So for me right now, we'll talk about next segment. I think we need to address and look at whether or not the communication between Jordan and Mike actually might be kind of an issue because this is two weeks in a row right now where it seems the two are not on the same page. Yeah, we, there's there's just so much to unpack with this game. You have every right as a fan. You've seen a lot of this if you've been on Twitter today or yes, last night. You've seen a lot of people saying, oh, yeah, you would take four and two before the season started through six games. Yeah, uh, you would, but that's not like this. Not, not like, like this. Not like this, man. That you were you put yourself in a position in that game where even if it wasn't before the game a must win, and I, I would argue it wasn't. You created a situation where that became a must win game. The mindset of this team needed that. They stole that special. That was such a great special teams call right before the half to steal three points in a game where three points was the difference. Um, just, you know, a lot of people pissed off at that last call at the end there. We'll, you know, we can touch on that more, but just, just so at every level, other than the defense for the most part, just complete Jekyll and Hyde. And there's, there's this game with which, which gave you some positive takeaways makes it impossible to take anything positive away. I would have rather lost like 20 to 13, yep. like on a last second, something like that, than kind of what happened yesterday. But we'll touch on that more in the next time. But Dave, before we do that, you know, we talk about friends over at Simply Safe, folks. Simply Safe is one of the best sponsors that we've gotten, which is a recent number to the podcast. And as always, we love them here at Locked on Seminoles. The numbers do not lie. In the last decade, over four, cuatro, shot at Hispanic Heritage Month, million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. I know because I use Simply Safe in my own home. Dave, I know Dave's starting to get that over there real quick, but they protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24-7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few short minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. Save 20, that's a 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month for free by visiting simplysafe.com slash locked on college to learn more because there's no safe like Simply Safe. Okay, Dave, where do you want to go with next with this? I know we had kind of had like a sort of hodgepodge basically where we all felt was wrong. I think primarily it is the offense, it was the play calling. I don't know where I want to go with particularly, but I feel we need to harp on basically how it just feels that for two consecutive weeks now, I think there is a disconnect between Jordan and Mike. And you said it all offseason and even the beginning earlier shows, this team will only go as far as Jordan Travis basically will take them. And we saw for the first four games of the year that Jordan not only met expectations, but surpassed them. And it basically has been, you know, significantly, significantly. Like the kid was an elite quarterback in the yeah. country for the first four games last week. It was one of his work. He didn't play that great, but to be fair to the kid, 
the offensive line did not do him any sort of favors last week. This last Saturday against Tennessee State, different story. The offensive line outside of the first two drives where I think, Dave, we were already calling for Jazz and Turrington to be benched and having Armella coming in, they actually played pretty well. The offensive line actually held their own against a defensive line that, quite frankly, is going to be your toughest defensive line outside of Clemson that you face. And a lot of it was Jordan not going through reads, not being comfortable, and that might have been because of the consistent drops that we saw from the wide receivers earlier in the game. But it just felt like between the two that him and Norvell are not on the same page or, quite frankly, it seems like they're kind of butting heads at this point. Yeah, so there is some good that might come out of this game, um, which is to say I, I don't think I can ever look at PFF again because if you go look at their offensive grades for this game, they had Jordan Travis by far our highest graded offensive player at an 85.9 and an 82.5 passing. Drake, I have eyes. You have eyes. Um, I don't need to know anything about football, though I know a little, to know that Jordan Travis played absolutely terribly for at least half of that game. I won't even entertain an argument otherwise. Um, I, I know he wasn't helped, but the offensive line, for the most part, did as well as I would have expected them to do against that defense. Um, there were throws that were there, and I, it was it's hard to put into words because I, I didn't recognize what I saw. That, that didn't look like the same football team. It, it just didn't. The offense looked so uninspired, which at, at all levels, like, you know, you lose Trayshawn Ward in that first half. That's tough. Clearly, he's the best running back on this team. We could say that for sure now. Oh, not even a question. That, dude, that a question. dude's patience and vision is elite. It's almost Le'Veon Bell-esque, if you ask me. Yep, that's exactly right. Um, with him out, th- there was just nothing going. And what, it was just so frustrating to watch the coaches know that. And look at a stacked NC State box. While we have six seven receiver over here, six five receiver over here, you know, slot guy here, slot guy here, whatever. And we're still doing exactly what the NC State defense and coaches wanted us to do. Um, when you start with a predictable offense and you complement that with terrible execution at all levels, you're dooming yourself. We put that we put our defense in a position where we probably should have given up 30 points to a team that is putting it nicely anemic on offense. Devin Leary was terrible even when he was in the game. Um, thanks in large part to our defense. Uh, but the spots that they were put in field position wise, we should have given up 30, but we didn't. We made this game impossible to lose the way that defense played and with how we played that first half. I don't want to hear anything other than score a point in a half of football, the fact that we could not do that or didn't do that. I don't know that we couldn't. I don't think we couldn't. I think, I think it was, I'm not going to say a deliberate choice, but the coaches chose their game plan in the second half and the players executed the way they did. All they needed was one score against a team that could not score touchdowns. And that's kind of where like my thing is with the entire half. It like is, we chose to do a lot of running plays on first and second down when the entire box was stacked, right? And we talked about it on here, and we had Kenton on here as well, that not only do defensive linemen they do their job, but the linebackers are quick enough and more as athletic enough to kind of come in there and kind of clean up if something, you know, kind of goes awry, whether it be Drake Thomas, Clayton Wilson, sorry, uh, Peyton Wilson, or Shaheen Battle, Isaiah Moore. You saw that. I mean, Shaheen Battle was the one who got the interception, the first one that Jordan threw yeah. uh, into the, the pack for Micah Pittman. And to me, overall... 
if you look towards the end of the half and several of those plays in the third, in the third quarter, because I think you lost this game, I think Ingram Smith on his instant reaction said it perfectly. You lost this game not because of the fourth. You lost it because of the third quarter, where it just felt like you were trying to basically get out of the field as fast as you can because I think the first three drives, we averaged around a little under two minutes per, per drive. I think one of them it was even like 58 seconds. Yeah. So to me, it just felt like this offense was content to just basically being like, you have to stop us, but it was super easy to do that when basically you're calling the most vanilla game plan ever, super conservative. And it was reminding me of the 2012 you know, second half that we had against NC State when we were all, also over in Raleigh, where we basically just resigned ourselves to basically not even moving the ball. It felt like, I think you texted me during the game, that if what the offense staff is doing right now is reverting the ball, <laughs> reverting the game to 1920s football. Yeah. And overall, to me, you also look at Jordan, who was making the mistakes that basically we hadn't seen all year, but we saw from the year before and the year before that, whether it be the interception pass, you know, to Micah Pittman, the first one where they had three people in space throwing off his back foot, having a little bit of a happy feet because the offensive line didn't play terribly, didn't play amazing, but they played well enough. And quite frankly, against his defensive line, that's all you should be asking for them. And then with the last play of the game, I'm not going to super dissect that. I was fine with taking one shot play and then run the play one more time and then having Ryan come out for a field goal because I think he kind of earned his trust back a little bit towards the end of the half. Why are you throw? Why basically to me, you anticipate that a little too early for my taste with Michael Pittman. And I also, you, if you look at the bottom of the screen, you did have Johnny Wilson one-on-one in the corner. I don't know why we don't use him anymore. Use him even more, even though maybe we saw in the first half, he drops those easier passes, but to me, even if a jump ball is an incompletion, you still have the ball. So to me, it goes down to where I think Mike is really, really good at overthinking things. One of the things that we said for LSU is that he likes to get too cute. He really, really does enjoy doing that when it came to the fourth uh, the fourth and goal play that he had with Micah Pittman or with the fade route, didn't, which they love that fade route play with them. But to me, it comes down to where Mike doesn't know how to close. Mike doesn't know how to basically do a kill shot. And for right now, to me, that what that may be what might be holding this team back. And that also might be a reason why Jordan Travis, you can see, was visibly frustrated with him on the sidelines several times last uh, yesterday. Yeah, the, here's the most disappointing thing about this to me. You're going to have games where you have players that just, it's not their game, you know? Things just don't go right. Um, Jordan, Travis, Jordan Travis will have those games. Other players on the team will have those games. Um, even the coaching staff is going to have those games. The problem with this one is that you're the better team. Um, you, you can't credibly convince me that for throughout the 60 minutes of that football game, in totality, that Florida State wasn't the better football team. We were. Um, so to lose a game that you took a 14-point lead into halftime against a team that could not score and then had its quarterback knocked out and just have the most pathetic uh, excuse for a half, a 30-minute half of football against a team that you're better than against a, in a game that you virtually could not lose. And to lose that game is so heartbreaking. I, I just, I don't know. Where do you, where do you go from there? Like, it's not like we have a chance to recoup, play Clemson next week. That, that's the hardest team on our schedule so far. Um, so I don't know. Go, you go out and you show up and you beat Clemson. You know, maybe that erases the memory of this. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, watching what we just watched, it's hard to feel very good going into that Clemson game. The back half of the schedule is still, Nobody on the back half of the schedule is scary. So, you know, you still got a chance to go out there and beat Florida and Miami and win the state. 
the goal of eight wins is still in play. Uh, maybe nine, depending on how you look this next game. Uh, but I'm not going to be ridiculous and say I expect that. I don't. Um, but I, I just, I'm frustrated because I don't know what this team is now. And and I thought the sample had been big enough and we had played enough uh, quality teams that I had a good idea. And I, I'm, I was dead wrong. I have no idea what this team is. No, David, we'll talk about that more in the next segment. And overall, I think we discussed it ad nauseum on here that this, we would find out a lot about this team when we went through this three-game stretch. Yep. Wake Forest, Wake Forest is a better team. I know y'all hate to hear that, but Wake Forest is a better team. NC State, to me, like Dave just said, was not the better team. They are a top 15 team. That defense is very damn good. But also, you had every opportunity to win the game. And like Dave just said, Devin Leary was injured, was replaced by Jake Chambers. Jake Chambers had more receptions than completed passes than completions yesterday. And the reception was for negative five yards. But we'll talk about more how we feel about the team heading forward in the next time. But before we do that, folks, we were missed here at Logan's Demos. I'm talking about friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your latest sports action. And Dave, I know it's going to hurt you to do this, but it's one more time for the Fade Dave segment of the week of the millennia of the time. Dave, FSU opened up as a six point dog at home against Clemson. Sorry, now it's gone down to plus five and a half. So people with the money are is rolling down on the Seminoles. I know. I see your reaction. You're surprised, folks. If you can't see him, if you're watching, if you're listening to this, Dave, FSU's plus five and a half. How do you feel about that line? What are you taking for this game? All right. Dave's coming off a heater. I told you Texas A&M was going to cover, and I told you they they might even win that game. Oh, I was close, even though Texas A&M sucks. You did how the that. hell is this not a 17-point line? Is there something I'm missing here? Did we just watch the same game? Yeah, I would have taken Clemson minus 14. Um, I don't want that to be the case. I hope I'm the wrongest I've ever been. That's not even a word, but I'm going to use it here. Um, I don't know. Nothing Nothing that I've seen. If I'm trying to make money on this, yeah, I'm putting my mortgage payment on Clemson minus five and a half. You sure? Yep. You sure? Yes. Positive. 100,000%. Yeah, that's how you know, folks, that Dave is mentally and physically broken when he actually does go against us. But, folks, head on over to Bet Online today. Use promo code LOCKED ON, that's L O C K E D O N, to get a 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit and fade Dave. So that means take floor safe plus five and a half. Or if you want to ride with Dave, and I've already taken Clemson at minus six, and now the number's dropping, take Clemson at minus five and a half, even though, listen, it's October. Spookier things have happened. Let's make sure that Doke is the house of horrors for DJU and Dabo Sweeney. Now we're in the home stretch. Now this team is four and two. And I think you put it perfectly that this, we, while we are four and two, and that if you asked this beginning of the year, if we would have taken that, yes. However, the way we've lost these past two games is nothing short of basically disappointing. And I think Max put it best in a tweet he had earlier today where. You can still be upset at the outcome from the last game and still be kind of happy that you are at the four and two. However, when you look at it overall, the game last night, N State had a post game win expectancy of 15%. That was the lowest of all the games that were played uh, this past Saturday. So, Dave, we have Clemson coming up. What do you think needs to change? What overall do you feel needs to be moved? And quite frankly, what are the vibes for you heading into this next week? Well, I'm going to start with something positive here. And we haven't said much positive yet, but I could not possibly have been more impressed by our defense in that game. The field position they were forced to defend because of our 
laughably bad second half offense. Um, what, what created a heroic effort by that defense, even though Devin Leary was out for part of the second half throughout that game, despite player after player after player getting injured, including key players on that defense, they still showed up and they still didn't allow NC state to score more than one touchdown. And aside from that, only four field goals throughout the course of that game uh, against the top 15 team. So just, just big kudos to them. Um, that's the only thing going into this Clemson game that gives me reason for, you know, any hope uh, because DJU has shown he can be sporadic um, with his passing. He's been better this year for sure. He's gone he's back. Been a lot, he's been a lot better this year. Yeah. Like, like they give the kid kudos. Like he's been probably not Heisman, not the five-star that he was coming in with, but he definitely yeah. has shown much improvement. I, I don't, I, I trust the improvement of our defense enough that I don't expect Clemson to drop like 40 points on us. Um but my vibe heading into that game is, again, uh, I'm perplexed by where what our offense is um, because clearly the talent level on our offense has gotten better. Our wide receiver room is unrecognizable compared to last year. Despite the some, defensive line, too, played well this past week, too. It did. It did. It, it played well uh, compared to the, what they were up against, I thought. Um, mm-hmm. But setting that aside, uh, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know. Um, the first four games, I was convinced that Jordan Travis had just made this complete evolution. And it wasn't even to me how poorly he threw the football in this game. It was just, again, the body language. You don't expect that from the guy that stepped up as the leader of your football team. You don't expect the guy throwing interceptions and going back to the sideline, just smiling and like tuning Mike Ravel out. I, that That doesn't feel right to me. So... I don't know what to expect out of our offense. Um, and I don't know what that locker room is like right now, if there's any dis- dissension going on in that locker room. Because uh, Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to go that far. Saying I, that. I, I don't know that there is. but yeah, I don't think so. But it's got to feel terrible that you started out so hot. You had everything going right. You had the fans back. You had everyone in the stands. You had the love you wanted. And you put Florida State back to where it should have been at 4-0. And then just lost one win, one winnable game against Wake Forest, but not as winnable as what you just played because you couldn't afford to lose that game and yet managed to find a way. So I don't know how you come off back-to-back losses like that and play the best team on your schedule and rebound, but I don't feel particularly good ending into it. No, and I think basically, like, if you had asked me after Georgia Tech, I'd have been like, oh, Clemson, you know, they uh, struggle against Georgia Tech team. And uh, DJU looks like he hasn't taken the next step. Fast forward about four weeks, and I'm like, oh, no, DJU is playing quarterback. Clemson actually might be cooking with some gas overall. The wide receivers actually have taken a step forward to prove yeah. me wrong with that overall when it comes to Clemson. But with this FSU offense, something has to give at this point. And I think it's something that we've talked – I've said uh, a lot that Mike is learning on the job, and I don't think it's been more evidence in these past few weeks. And to me right now overall – he needs to have not only a little more faith that actually he's able to kind of close out these games, but when it comes to basically him, basically I was saying earlier today, he, I don't know, understands how he's able to close out games at all whatsoever. And it's getting to the point now where I, Jordan, I don't think has the trust in him either, but then also Jordan's not doing himself any favors where he's throwing off his back foot, how he's having happy feet in the pocket. He's also throwing these interceptions where the first one on Micah, you threw with three people there. 
and Micah was literally like I think ten, I think five yards behind all of them. Yep. And just, it was a, just a very, very dumb and bad throw. And overall, to me, it just seems that this offense needs to get it together this coming week because that Clemson defense is no joke. That Clemson yeah. defense, they might have all of their pieces back. They haven't had Brian Brzee back for two weeks. That defensive line is going to feast. And thank God Robert Scott came back. Yeah. And that could have been probably one of the bigger things, too. Like I was saying before, goggles. That's like my favorite, one of my favorite players on that line. And we just need to stop with these super just dumb, dumb penalties. It just feels like we kept shooting ourselves in the foot. I'm not going to talk about the punt. Um, I think Master Miles definitely going to get here an earful from John Pooches because the special teams has been nothing sort of elite. And Pab has been doing his job. So Master Miles is definitely going to be hearing about that on Monday or probably even today. Let's record this on Sunday. So to me, I don't going into Clemson. I'm not going into Clemson expecting us to basically win. I need, just need to be somewhat competitive at this point. But no. the problem is we are now going to be four and three limping into a bye week. And now you look at the rest of the schedule, Georgia Tech, they have two straight wins. Then you have Miami. Miami is also struggling, but they were kind of figuring stuff out against UNC. You have Florida, also struggling, but you have a Syracuse team that before the year started, ah, they're not that great. Syracuse now is undefeated and also is 19th in the country right now for the AP poll. I know you don't want to hear that, Dave, but that's just the fact of the matter right now. They're better. They, they, they are right now looking better than we do and more cohesive as a unit overall. So you have to ask yourself now, Dave, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you that overall, do you feel that this team that was on the first four weeks, were they extremely fraudulent? Or do you just think that this has just been a bad sort of case of two weeks and we haven't been able to handle winning and being successful? Because that's one thing that we asked ourselves a lot last year. Yeah, that's that's the puzzle, isn't it? Because my understanding, there's the formula that you'll see circulated on Twitter. Lose big, lose small, win small, win big. That's, that's the progress you make to becoming a high-level championship contending team. We were losing big under Willie Taggart and when Mike Norvell first started. Then we started losing smaller. And my understanding was that we had arrived at the win small stage. So no, it's not okay to just lose, keep it close. We're, we're done with the effort movement here. That's not enough. That's not enough in year three. I'm not saying we need to be, we should expect to be Clemson. Uh, what I'm saying is you can't go through that three game stretch being 0-3 and, and take solace in the fact that you kept it close. Uh, that, that's, that's not how this works. Um, that's not good enough. That's not that's not why people have poured booster money into this program. That's not why people have poured money into NIL. That's that's just not good enough for a team that in years. What is this year five of? Uh, how long has it been since Jimbo left? Is this five? Or, been, five uh, or six? This thing's gonna be the sixth year because like what eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty. This would be the fifth year. Sorry, that's a long time to be stuck in the mud. Um, for a program not named Nebraska. And and if that's who we, we're fine with being, uh, I'm not all right with that. Um, you know, there's, there is no reason why this team should have gone 0-3 in this stretch when the first two games were winnable. You can't drop both, and then you can't, sh- you can't show up against Clemson and say, hey, hey, at least we tried. At least we didn't get blown out. Can't do that. Sorry. I'm sorry, but there has to be a point in time where if we're going to come back, you have to start making the forward progress and just looking good the first four weeks and then limping through the rest of your schedule. That doesn't mean you got better. I think we're probably better than last year. There's evidence on the field suggesting that, but if the first four weeks we were good and then the rest of the schedule were not, we weren't actually better. So we, 
I'm not saying this is a must-win game. And and that's not fair to expect because we thought that this would be the hardest game on the schedule between the three teams, I think. But you got to show something here because we've had momentum recruiting. We've had momentum with the fans. The support's been there. And God, are you at risk of losing it? Yeah, I about to say, I think uh, Mike Norvell and company lost a lot of goodwill with it from the fans on Saturday. And I think it's mainly that that entire second half was just everything that could go wrong did go wrong, but also it was a lot more one of the things that I kind of always tell myself, especially being a younger attorney, is that you can only control the things that you can control. But a lot of the game, including the play calling, play selection, was in control of not only the team, but also the coaching staff as a whole. So to me, if you look at it, NC State, the reason why, like if you finished 0-3, but like you, but the weight game wakes a better team. NC State, you look at them overall, NC State's not a better team than you. Yeah. They really are not. I mean, the defense is great, but we saw that acknowledge. We saw and discussed actually on here how their offense was basically like a World War II era offense, and right. they weren't able to move the ball at all whatsoever. And they lost their quarterback. And I hate to keep repeating that, but that's what today is. Today basically is to vent out all these frustrations, close the book on it, and look forward over to next week at Clemson. But to me, it just shows that this team has still has a lot of growing to do, and you have to look back at the first four games. LSU, while looking better. They just got blown up by Tennessee. Yeah. We beat Duquesne. Duquesne's an FCS team. You beat Louisville. Scott Saffron might be fired. You beat Boston College by a lot. Boston College looks terrible. So when you look at those first four games now, like we were saying with the first these, these last three, and I'm sorry, these last two and then one upcoming with Clemson, this will really tell truly tell you how this team overall is. And right now, it doesn't feel great. But thankfully, Dave, I got you. You got me. We got all the listeners here. And we're here for every step of the way, rain or shine, win or lose. Because unlike our offense, we're actually going to be here to support you and keep us moving forward. But that's all for today, folks. Thank you guys so much for making Logon Samuels your first listen each and every single day. Now, Dave, let the folks know how much you love them, the podcast level of instructions, and also with YouTube, what to do there. I do love you. And here's what I want. You can find the podcast everywhere you get your podcast: Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, Google Play, on YouTube, like the video. Uh, subscribe to the channel, ding the little bell to get the notifications. But most importantly for this one, drop in the comments, just just write out how you're feeling. I promise you it'll feel better. Uh, I, I, I feel a little better having vented like this and having had time to ruminate on what the hell I watched that car accident in slow motion yesterday. Tell us how you're feeling. Um, if you're still positive, I want to I, I want to know why. Um, not that I'm not. I just want to hear it. Just talk to me. And folks, for us, we're not going to dwell on this game any further. That was kind of what today was for because, one, that's not fun, and two, that's, like, that's not good radio. We're not here to bitch and moan basically into your airwaves or on your feed because I could do that with Dave all by ourselves and that's not good content. So the rest of the week, we'll be talking Clemson. We're doing our best right now to get someone for the Know Your Foes series, but it's going to be a little, a little more difficult because Clemson Media is not the friendliest people when it comes to actually grabbing and talking to them. But we promise you we'll bring someone on here. Or maybe we'll just bring in an old friend. And also, we have the bye week coming up. So, please drop a comment below. We're going to be reaching out to other FSU personalities and ask one of you to ask who you want to see on the show next week. But with all that being said, without further ado, we're going to head out of here. For That was Dave. This was Drake. And we'll see you all next time on Locked on Seminoles. Take care, everybody. And go Knowles. Let's move on. Roll drive. <laughs>